0: Um, back to the Future, reclaiming something of the DNA of the early church. And um, I'm really stirred by this question I have. And the question is this, why are we not seeing more of the power of God, the Holy Spirit at work in the Western church today as seen in the New Testament? That's the, uh, the question that is really provoking me and and. There's something in the DNA of the early church that we've got to reclaim to see that. And I think that's what God wants to do in this season. Last week, um, if you you didn't hear it, you could uh, watch it on video, podcast or whatever. I, I unpacked a prophetic picture about holy water versus living water. And I think we've got a bit trapped in holy water. And God is asking us to be under the flow of living water. It's going to make a significant difference. If you didn't see that, it would be good to, to go and have a look at it. But can I ask you a question this morning? Who here knows what hunger pains are? Yeah, not all of us. Not all of us. You know, in the natural. You know, I went to bed last night. I wasn't hungry, but my stomach must have thought I was because it started gurgling and carrying on. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is that me? Yes, it is. And... and, um, and and it was gurgling and carrying on. And then you get those little pains, you know, like, like those little pangs in your stomach. And it's like, it's trying to tell me I'm hungry. I might not be, but it's trying to tell me I'm hungry. Do you know what I'm talking about? You've had hunger pains? Yes, Give me, let me know. Wave if you have. Most of you have never had hunger pains. That's a problem in itself. It is. And, and because the next question I want to ask you is, when, the, when was the last time you had spiritual hunger pains? When's the last time you had such a hankering for the presence of God that your stomach was gurgling and it was like, you just don't know what to do with yourself. It's like, I'm just hungry for God. I just need to encounter the presence of God again in a powerful way. Do you know what I'm talking about? How hungry are we really to encounter God? I'm going to make this really personal. How hungry are you? For God. Just remember when I say you, I've got three points at me, okay? How hungry are you for God? How hungry are you to know our Father? How hungry are you to engage with Jesus? How hungry are you to encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit? How hungry are you? Because I think this, it's a bit of a statement. I don't think we're as hungry as the world needs us to be. I'm going to rephrase it. I don't think you are as hungry as the world needs you to be. I don't think I'm as hungry as the world needs me to be for the presence of God. Feel the beer being poked right now? We're not as hungry as we need to be. We just simply aren't. It's said that poverty is the parent of a revolution. Well, if that's the case, I would like to add that comfort is the parent of apathy and mediocrity. And we are comfortable. You are comfortable. We're in a temporary facility here. I know we're packed in like sartines and you're not quite as comfortable as you were. But we're sitting in a building. The rain's not raining on us. We've got air conditioning blowing. We are comfortable. Hey, we're comfortable. We're comfortable. Uh, we're going to drive home after this, probably, unless you drive a convertible with the roof down, in which case you're stupid today. But, but, but we're going we're to drive home in a car that's going to keep the rain off us because comfort with the air conditioning turned on. Because we're comfortable going into our houses with a roof over our head to eat lunch, probably. Because we're comfortable. We're really, really comfortable comfortable. But the thing is, the world needs us to be hungry, not comfortable. Hungry, not comfortable. So what is the solution? The solution is that we need to be revived. We need to be revived. We need to be, need to be positioned for hunger. Some of us are only just hanging on there. And we need God to revive us. Some of us are, are spiritually dead. I know you're sitting in church, but but I'm poking the bear. Some of you are all but dead. Hey, yeah, you don't want to nod at that one. (laughs) And some of you online, you really need to be in the room. You're hiding. We love you online, just get in the room. We're just comfortable. And we're not called to comfort. We're called to mission. We're called to change the world. We need to be revived. What we need is a revival. That's what we need. We need a revival. The church in the West, including us here in Hamilton, New Zealand, needs a revival. We need a revival. In fact, I would say we've got to have a revival because we are losing currently. The, 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 the culture is advancing on the church faster than the church is advancing on the culture. That means we're losing. That means we are not succeeding in the command, the request of our heavenly father. What he's asked us to do, we're losing. I don't like being told I'm losing. It's just going to make me angry. I like to win. I don't play to make up the numbers. I'm not into participation. I couldn't care less about participation. I want to win. I want to win. Man, I broke No, oh, that's child abuse, isn't it? I broke Jay's wrist trying to win. Well actually I wasn't trying to win, I was just trying to stay alive. Have you seen the size of him? I was just trying to live through the encounter. Through the encounter. But 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 I, I couldn't afford to, to lose because if I lost I would have died. I want to win. And we've got to have a revival in the church if we're going to win. But the thing is, when I say revival, you're thinking one thing and I think I'm thinking something different. Because when I say revival, you're picturing God just like flowing into the earth, aren't you? And changing people's hearts and changing people's lives and people falling on the altar in repentance. And it is all of those things. But revival doesn't start there. Revival starts here. Revival starts here. See, revival means a Christian revival is an increased increased spiritual interest or renewal in the life of a church congregation with local, national, and global effect. A couple of other definitions of revival. Revival is God bringing His people back to spiritual health. Revival is God bringing His people to a level of submission and faith where He can bless them the way He promised Revival is when God brings Christian people back to abiding in Christ. Revival starts here. Oh, Lord, touch out there. He says, I'd love to, but it's got to start here, and it starts here when we're hungry. How hungry are you? How hungry are you for the things of God? Do we just want to keep filling church pews, or are we hungry? Which, Which, There's some good in that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But God has so much more. And He's stirring. I believe He wants to stir a hunger in us. We need a, a revival. You need a revival. I need a revival. And for a revival to take place, we've got to be hungry for the presence of God. Why? Because everything you need, whether you're in this building or online, everything you need is found in the presence of God. Everything. Is in His presence, wholeness, fullness of joy, healing, hope, freedom, peace, purpose, belonging, life, and life abundantly is all found in His presence. We look all over the place for it, but it's found in His presence. This just—I'm bursting with stuff I want to lean into around this subject, but I'm i just got to restrain myself today to one thing. And today, what I want to do is I want to plant the seeds or I want to show you what the heavenly flow of revival looks like. There's a heavenly flow of revival. And, and God doesn't work in formulas, but he works in patterns. And he can do whatever he wants. He's not bound to this. But if you look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, he works the same way every time pretty much. This is the flow. He gets his people sorted out and then they spill out. That's the flow. He gets his people sorted out. That's us. It's his church. And then we spill out into the world. I'll show you. Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. Peter then, preachers, jumped to verse 41. That day, 3,000 were added and baptised to the church. 3,000. But if you look at that, there was a hunger. How do we know there was a hunger? Because they were in the upper room praying, waiting. Together. Why were they there? Because Jesus said, wait until I send the Holy Spirit to you. And so they were in the upper room waiting for him. They were together. They weren't just sitting there going, you know, whatever you do, twiddle your thumbs. They, they were, there was a hunger for them even to be up there. It was absolute chaos at that time. And they were up there together and they were hungry before God for God. To do something. How hungry are you? How hungry? The bear has been poked today. Saying, come on, stir your hunger. Stir your hunger. The Holy Spirit will stir your hunger, but you can stir your hunger as well. Stir your hunger for the the things of God. So they're hungry and they're in the room. There's something about being in the room. When you combine your faith together, corporate faith is a real thing you bring your faith into the room together and combine it and it just stirs the hunger and it stirs the expectation of what God can do in us and through us and amongst us. There's something powerful in that. Can I challenge you when you come to a gathering like this one that you bring something, you don't come just expecting to take something. Bring something with you, bring your faith, bring your expectancy, bring your joy, bring your participation Bring you, bring you, bring you. And then take whatever God does. Hunger, they were in the room and they encountered God. He did something in the room. He did something amongst their faith. He did something amongst their expectation. The day of Pentecost, you know, it was pretty powerful. He, he did something really special there. Then what happened? After God had done something to them, it spilled out onto the streets. And the people heard their own languages being spoken. And then after it spilled into the streets, it spilled into the world. But look at the pattern that God used. He got his people sorted out, and then it spilled out. My prayer is, Lord, sort me out so that it will spill out. My prayer for you is, Lord, sort you out so it will spill out. My prayer for us is, Lord, sort us out so it will spill out because that's what we are wanting. Let me show you in a pictorial form in case you didn't get it. Hopefully it'll come up there. My artwork's slightly better than last week. Not much, but slightly. That, that's a body. <laughs> good, good, we've got that. Yeah, great. That's what it, it, re, it, it represents the church, okay? represents the church. And what happens is the head is. The head of the church is. Jesus. Thank you, it wasn't a trick question. The head of the church is. Say it with some conviction, like you actually believe it. The head of the church is. Jesus. Great, great, great. So, so, Jesus is the head, and we are the. Body. The church is the body. Great, good, good, good theology. Right there, you'd be proud, wouldn't you, Pastor Michael? Thank you. Very good. Very good. So, so the Holy Spirit flows. Yes? He flows. So He flows one direction. He flows from the head down. So there's the fullness of Christ. And the Holy Spirit flows through the body. Hey, thanks for doing that again, guys. That was awesome. Um, the, the Holy Spirit flows through the body and then out. Into the world. But before the Holy Spirit flows into the world, he flows through the body, which is us, the church. Great. So Jesus is the head. The church is the body. Holy Spirit is the flow going from the head to the body to the world. Good? We're all on the same page? We got it? We understand it? Great. It's really, really powerful because what that says to me is that everything flows from his presence everything flows from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Which means that we've got to learn to host the presence of God above all other things. We've got to learn to host His presence or we've got to make hosting His presence a priority. I want to signal a bit of a change today. I hope you're hearing it. We need to make hosting His presence our priority. Because it's out of hosting His presence that we're going to see the world changed. Now, I think this is super important in um, the context of where we are as a church and fulfilling the vision that God has given us. So we are stepping into, we are realising now more and more the vision that God has given us, we're on the site um, you know, we're starting to realise, see come to pass, the things that God's asked us come to pass, actually a change of language for you today, um, after a couple of meetings and the um, activate community park rather than campus, park so that's much better, we're building a park activate community park, do you like that? I think it flows much better, that's great and doesn't sound so corporate, it sounds like relationship to me which is great Activate. So as we step into this vision of Activate Community Park, we must prioritise the presence of God. Because otherwise what we're going to end up with is good education, good medical, good social. But the only reason those things are happening is because we are a church. And we're called by God to impact our community, nation and nations. And he said to us, I want you to impact them through Faith, medical, social, and education. But if we don't make hosting the presence of God our priority, we will just end up being an institution or institutions. And we are called first and foremost to be a people of faith, a people of God, a church. And so we've got to get this and we've got to focus in on this hosting the presence of God because that will make the difference. I want to help people. I want to help people desperately, but more than I want to help people in the here and now, I want to help people to a, a found eternity. You know, why? why do we say people are lost? Because they're not connected with God. They've lost where they're going. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what the world's about. They don't know what life's about. If you don't know that stuff, you're lost. You're lost. And so as much as I want to see people helped and fixed, I want to see people found. That, that's firstly our job, is to see people found. And we can all name great, great moves in the past that have started in an incredible way through God, by the power of His Spirit, and have turned into institutions. And we've got to guard that now, not in a hundred years' time. We've got to, and in a hundred years' time, we've got to guard it now that we are the people of God, called by God to carry His presence into the world. Therefore, we need revival. You need revival. You need to be poked by the bear. Because otherwise we're not going to achieve what God's asked us to achieve. I'm praying that God revives us. I'm praying that God touches your life, that He stirs you, that you encounter the Holy Spirit in a new dimension, that you encounter the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that just literally spills out of you into the community. I'm praying for us as a church together that we encounter the power of the Holy Spirit in a remarkable way. I'm praying that when we come together as a church and our faith comes together, that miracles will take place. I'm praying that, that as we come together, healings will take place, that, that, um, that, that relationships will be healed, that whatever the need is that people walk in with, that we'll be in an environment of faith where the Holy Spirit can move and set people free completely. That's what I'm praying for. I encourage you to pray for it. Because I don't want us to go to sleep on the job. Comfort produces mediocrity. It really does. And we've got to stir up. I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir that you would be stirring. The picture that comes to my mind is like a latte coffee. You can stir, nothing happens on top for a bit, but if you keep stirring, it will, it will. You keep stirring, it will. I'm praying that when you wake up tomorrow morning, there'll be a stirring going on in your spirit. I'm praying that when you wake up on Tuesday morning, there'll be a stirring and hunger pains in your spirit. I'm praying that when you wake up on Wednesday morning, there'll be hunger pains and a stirring going on in your spirit. I'm praying that when you wake up on Thursday morning, there'll be a stirring in your spirit. I'm praying that on Friday morning, there's a stirring, on Saturday morning, there's a stirring because God wants to stir God wants His church to come to life again.